I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. You know, I'll be honest, I was really concerned coming over. Um just because you, you can't anticipate everything. The guys that planned this did an unbelievable job, and our players have handled it really well. So it, it's it's been unbelievable. I think it's been a good experience for our players, but they're dialed in and ready to play. They're doing a really good job of enjoying things when they need to enjoy it and then focusing when they need to focus, which is a sign of maturity, and uh, we've had a really good time. Um, I mean, it's definitely a process. Like, I've never flown overseas coming off from, from all the uh, jet lag and stuff. So yesterday, was, it was a pretty rough day. And, like, that was kind of uh, – they were kind of supposed to do that to us, like make, make us real tired so we can sleep good. Last night, we were a full eight hours in bed. So, yeah, I slept real good last night. But I would say just, like, you know, being around the team, you know, just the team is great. You know, we're all one team, especially now that we're all team-oriented and just, like, trying to come together as a team. I just love being around the players, you know, just, like, fighting for my brothers, brothers to my right, brothers to my left, each and every play, and that's just going to make us win. And welcome here to this special edition of the Husker Online Show, special for a lot of different reasons. Sean Callahan here. I'm in Dublin, Ireland, taping the show this week. We're at the Samuel Hotel here, right at the Financial District, uh, just off the city center here in the heart of Dublin, Ireland, because Nebraska has a football game on Saturday. It's at 11.30 a.m. Central Time kickoff here uh, in Dublin at the Aviva Stadium. It's a 5.30 time here, 11.30 back in Nebraska. So a little bit of a time difference change in Nebraska. We'll get on a plane and head right back uh, to Lincoln as they have North Dakota a week from uh, Saturday here in Memorial Stadium. So it's been a busy, busy week. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, The players are getting a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity i'll get you ready for this matchup here but a couple of announcements to make here number one um this is our 400th episode of the husker online show we have taped 400 straight weeks uh through rain and shine and we've had a lot of rain lately as you know uh, my situation um i've had to um kind of separate myself from my former writers um for 90 days that ends on september 1st so Husker Online will have a new publishing home on September 1. I'll announce that on our show next week along with the new staff writers or the staff writers I'll be back on with me weekly. So this summer's been an adventure, but I brought a show every week and uh, we're bringing, I'm bringing you one more here from Dublin, Ireland before we're back to normal with the Husker Online show. Andy Kendi from KETV Channel 7, my longtime television colleague and friend and partner, um, will join me here. Uh, we'll talk about the game. He's out here in Dublin with me as well, uh, covering things with KETV as we'll get his thoughts um, but it's been an interesting week. I mean, you heard Coach Frost out of the gates um, saying it's almost, almost gone better than he ever really could have realized. And the players have had a lot of fun. I think it's one of those things. It's like a test that you prepare and study for that you're so nervous and worried about. But once you finally get here, it just feels different. And I think that's where the team's at. Uh, that first day was a grind. Um, the entire team landed in 
you know, in town and, you know, guys ideally were supposed to sleep on the plane, but when you're six foot eight, 300 pounds, it's not very easy to, to sleep in a plane, let alone uh, normal sized human beings. And it was a full 350 person chartered plane uh, that left Dublin or uh, left from Omaha to Dublin. But I think the coolest part about it was just the arrival of the Huskers. Uh, we happened to land at the exact same moment. So you had multiple flights coming into Dublin all with Nebraskans on it. You had a United flight from Chicago, an American flight from Chicago, a giant Aer Lingus flight from Chicago, and then the Huskers charter plane with Aer Lingus came in from Omaha. So you had over a 1,000 Nebraska fans land at the exact same time as the official traveling party came into Dublin, and we were all going through customs as the team came in, and just go big reds and cheers erupted through the airport. I think these people were like, wow, okay, um, because they're just not used to it at this level out here. Yes, sports is big. Uh, they play a lot of soccer, a lot of rugby, a lot of Irish Gaelic football. Um, you know, those are the big sports here for the most part. Uh, they don't have American football, as we know, out here. And that's why this game is here. They don't have bands, cheerleaders, the pageantry of things. And I, I think the reaction of the locals just seeing the team come through was pretty cool. And honestly, as a lifelong Nebraska, just a moment, I was like, wow, this is I've seen a lot of moments with Nebraska fans. But just seeing this play out here in Dublin, Ireland uh, was truly a special scene. And I, I think that got those players kind of going. It was also cool to see Coach Frost. Um, his family wasn't on the charter flight, but their flight came in the exact same time um, as, as the team flight. So the first person to greet Coach Frost when he got through customs um, was his wife and his son and um, some of the other coaches' wives. And so that was kind of a cool moment um, to, to, to see that play out here in the airport as Nebraska gets ready for this game. But uh, they've been practicing at the Aviva Stadium. It's where the game will be played. Uh, they've been practicing on a side field next to it. Um, it is artificial turf. Um, the stadium itself is like a turf grass blend. I've never seen anything like it before, but it is a pristine surface. You cannot walk on that grass. It is off limits to everyone. Um, so that thing is... In tip-top shape, they were lining the field Thursday. Uh, they didn't want to line it until the very last minute because, um, you know, it has to do they, – they didn't want the, the lining to stay on there forever because they have a soccer game coming up in the stadium not too long from now. But uh, they're expecting roughly thirty five to 38,000 Nebraska fa or fans in the stadium, 12,000 Nebraska fans expected to be here in attendance based on just the passport data and things that they've gotten possession of. So – should be very exciting uh, to kind of see all this play out. Uh, there will be about 3,000 or so Northwestern fans, and then a lot of locals mixed in as well. But American football is a foreign language, uh, not a part of the local day-to-day -day here. So for a lot of the folks, I think this will be quite an experience, especially when these Husker fans start invading Dublin in the city center um, here over Friday and Saturday. Because um, a lot of people came into town early and you don't stay in Dublin like that the whole week. You get around and explore Ireland at that point. We were here the entire week in Dublin because we had to work around the team and cover the team events that were going on. So for me, it was a lot like a bowl trip. Um, you kind of build your bowl trip around the schedule, and this was no different. You build your time in Dublin around the team schedule. Um, so we did check out the team hotel, um, the five-star powers court, uh, autograph collection property, was formerly a Ritz-Carlton, about 45 minutes away from town. 
Um, been able to see a lot of local things here just around the Dublin area. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and we'll break down the game. We'll get you ready for that here coming up in the show. Also have a mailbag segment later on. But up next, KETV's Andy Kendi will join me. He's out here in Dublin. Uh, we'll talk offense. We'll talk defense. That's all next here on this week's edition of the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Well, I, I think, uh, as I talked earlier to, to the coach, our offensive staff, just be positive. I mean, the young kids, that they, you know, we travel a lot more than they have, and I've taken a bunch of teams different ways. But I think, uh, you know, and I asked the quarterbacks today, I said, how did you guys feel like yesterday? They go, oh, man, we've never been so tired. And we just got a, a little bit of a sweat. And today started a little slow, then we had a really good practice. So that's just it, you know. It's the same thing. I've been to the NFL. Some people, when you travel east to west and you're going six different hours, well, we're staying at a nice hotel, really good, nice hotel. And, uh, you know, they've been good, so we had a good practice today. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan on site here in Dublin at the lovely Samuel Hotel. And before uh, we get to that, uh, this segment here of the Husker Online Show brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill in Lincoln, 30th and Yankee Hill Road. We had Coach Frost, uh, Coach Shenander, Coach Mickey Joseph, Trey Palmer, um, the whole crew, Garrett Nelson, O'Shawn Mathis, all in there to kick off the season. Now's your chance to go in there and start the season. Go into Tanner Sports Bar, 30th and Yankee Hill. Watch Nebraska Northwestern. Doors will open early. Game is at 1130, so you want to get in there early. That's Tanner's on 30th and Yankee Hill. And Andy, we just heard from Mark Whipple. Um, he'll be calling this game. Uh, let's bring in our next guest. I've got to introduce you. Yeah. Give me a formal introduction. <laughs> uh, but let's bring in Andy Kendi, a longtime uh, colleague of mine, friend of mine. We've worked together on TV mm-hmm. uh, since 2011, yeah. Yeah. and um, I wanted to bring you on the show because I can't have my staff on until next week uh, when Husker Online goes live on our new network, um, but I wanted to bring you in, talk offense. We just heard from Mark Whipple. Scott Frost will not be calling this game, and when you start to talk about offensive storylines, I think right away, what is the picture going to look like on Saturday without Scott Frost calling the offense? Well, that's the big question, Sean, and um, let's just say that the dynamics of game day is going to be vastly different than what Scott Frost has been used to in his entire coaching career. He said, uh, Scott Frost said after practice Thursday that he won't be buried in his playbook or his play calling sheet as he has been in years past. So I think that's a, a, in, uh, such an underrated storyline for, for inside football fans because Scott Frost for years has been his job was to call the offensive plays. Now that's not going to happen anymore. Mark Whipple's going to be doing it. And how does this new look offense look like? What's it going to look like? I'm guessing Casey Thompson's going to be asked to manage football games, make the simple throws, and try to get the ball 
early and often to his playmakers, guys like Trey Palmer and running backs. We still don't know who's going to carry the load. Will it be Gabe Irvin or Anthony Grant? How does Ramir Johnson fit in? I think, and then don't forget about the tight ends. Travis Volkolek is poised for a big year, and I didn't even name half of the wide receivers. So I think um, uh, it is fascinating because we don't know what to expect, uh, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Northwestern prepared because now Northwestern is kind of feeling what Nebraska felt like last year going into Illinois with a whole new coaching staff. Northwestern really doesn't know what to expect Saturday. Well, and something else that jumps out to me or is this going to be Scott Frost's offense with a Mark Whipple influence or is it going to be a Mark Whipple offense with a Scott Frost influence? Well, that's a great question. And how does, you know, what did we see at Pitt last year and will that carry over to Nebraska? Will it be more of a Scott Frost dominated offense or will it be a mixture of the two? I'm guessing it'll probably be a mixture of the two. Um, I just think it's it's a fascinating storyline. Everybody just gravitates to the offense um, because that is a big question mark. We're talking here with Andy Kendi of Channel 7, sports director. I've uh, been covering the Huskers and the Andy at Husker Online since 2011. Uh, we've been all over the world now. Big 10 say. era. We, the Big 10 era, right? We've been all over the world. Yeah, absolutely. We've been all over the world. Countries. We're sitting in Dublin, Ireland, um, taping a show. It's, it's, it's been an unbelievable trip and experience. But you're right about, about this offense and, and what it's going to look like. And I think Nebraska, Andy's got to take advantage of that early. Because they're going to be guessing. Northwestern has no clue, right? And they've they've run a pretty tight ship in Lincoln. As far I mean, we we got to watch well, five think, minutes of guys tying their shoes. Think about what we saw uh, at at practice on, on Thursday. Thursday. So oh we got gosh. one practice availability. We got two peaks in during camp in Lincoln, and one five minute, maybe ten minute segment in, while we've been in Dublin. And basically, what they were doing was dancing. They were warming up. They were doing calisthenics. We saw them do five per- perfect uh, jumping jacks. Um, so we haven't seen a whole lot. You're, you're kind of trying to read through the tea leaves. And I think what we haven't even brought up yet, which I think is the key to the whole thing, Sean, is offensive line play. The, Scott Frost said it. I think he said it back in Indianapolis, back at Big Ten Media Days, is that the offense or the team will go as far as the offensive line will take them. And I think that's something to really keep an eye on because I don't know how deep they are but they better stay healthy and they better execute well and you know northwestern right away look, we're gonna go after bryce benhart mm-hmm. we're gonna go after teddy perhoska let's see if these guys are any better because last mm-hmm. year they uh, benhart struggled perhoska got hurt corcoran struggled as a tackle he's in play left guard hickson was once a starter in 2019 right hasn't started since three years ago ever since i mean you go back to 19 he started and went against aj epinenza from yeah, iowa Epinesa, yeah uh, mm-hmm. the really yeah. really good lineman and, and you know, Kirk Ferentz slid him over to go on Trent Hickson. And that was the last time we've seen that amazing? Hickson play significant Pre-COVID. stamps. <laughs> and, and then Brock Bando, a former Mike Riley signee in a six-year Lincoln Southeast, former Lincoln native, um, will make that start at right guard. So that group, to me, I'm going to be zoned in on those guys. And you, and you asked about Mark Whipple. I think something that he said the other day for Wednesday's practice kind of stood out to me is that basically when asked about Casey Thompson, he said he didn't want Thompson to lose the game in the first quarter. Let's get him through the first quarter, get his feet wet. Then that that tells me some calculated easy throws. And when I say easy, like uh, high percentage throws to get him comfortable. And now I will say this, and you saw it. You were there uh, on Sunday before they left for Dublin. 
Casey Thompson is an impressive guy. You've talked to him. Uh, that guy is, I, I, and he doesn't seem to ever get rattled, at least uh, you know when we've talked to him. We'll see if uh, that just stays and carries over to the football field. He's, well, he's an impressive guy. And I thought Mark Whipple answered the question the right way when somebody asked, like, you know, is Casey Thompson like well liked or mm-hmm. you know earning the respect and the trust? And he goes, he's not running for political office here. Right. He's playing right. quarterback. Right. And you know, if he wins games on Saturdays, he's going to earn a lot of respect in, in, in that way. And um, he goes, he's earned the respect of me, and he's yeah. earned the respect of the head coach. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good start. The question was, uh, has he won over his teammates? I believe it was phrased because that way. There, and and that, that's a valid that's a valid question because there's he's, been some rough patches in the summer. I mean, I think there's been some moments that we don't know. Sure, we're like, hey, buddy, you know, you just got here, right? You know, and pipe down, Sparky. You know, let's 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 have you earn your stripes before you start barking out orders. But as you said, one of the things the most important deal is if you win football games, you will earn respect, period. So I think that's the, that's why this this Saturday is so crucial for not only Casey Thompson, but the team as a whole, because you get off on the right foot. We saw what happens if you get off on the wrong foot. Let's see if they can get off on the right foot. There's just a sense of urgency. You can feel it. You know, like last year in Champaign, I really never thought Nebraska would lose that game. I agree, 100%. And I, I, I felt like the players felt that way, too, mm-hmm. that – we can just go out here and mess around, field punts in the end zone, late hit the quarterback. Right. I mean, think about they fielded a punt in the end zone last yeah. year. <laughs> they got a late hit on like on a, an interception. And then they got a sack mm-hmm. where they like body slammed the quarterback. Right. And it was going to be like, I don't know if that was a third or fourth down sack. Well, and think about this, Sean. You know, they're going into halftime. If, if you just hold on to the football at halftime. And it's 9-2 to two when yeah, Cam Taylor Brenner intercepted that pass. It, 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 it's just crazy how that game changed on a couple pivotal plays. I mean, details, small things. Yes. And, you know, I got the chance to talk to Trev Alberts at practice on Thursday. And one of the things when I said, what are you most looking forward to? And, and one of the things which I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but he says, I can't wait to see special teams. It's a priority for this team. I want to see when special teams are actually special, they can help you win football games. And I, I think that's something to keep an eye on Saturday, too. Well, we, we learned the hard way. Nebraska did. I mean, when, and you hope Brian Buscini now gets things. I mean, they, they took a humongous gamble taken Daniel Cherney from Australia mm-hmm. who had never even played American football before and you know played professionally as a rugby player Austra- excuse me an Australian rules football player mm-hmm. which is a much more aggressive version of rugby um, and they took him in off a five minute YouTube clip it was mm-hmm. a disaster I mean mm-hmm. the, the whole thing was a disaster with that and that falls on Scott Frost he knows it I think Bill Bush is going to do a really good job with the special teams. I agree and I think too that the the move to having Pivotal integral you know, starters, the guys who play a lot, play roles on special team is important because usually you see those players making big plays for other teams around the country. Nebraska hasn't gone down that path in a few years. Now they're going to have some of their key wideouts or running backs to actually play special teams. We'll see if it reaps some benefits. All right, as we wrap up offensive talk with Andy Candy, give me your offensive player outside of Casey Thompson that you're most excited about this season. I think Trey Palmer, I think he he just seems electric and he seems poised. It's, it's almost like, you know, when you, you, you see some and they got something up their sleeve. They like they know it, 
and and they kind of you know they they can't really say it, but they can't wait to show it. And that's what I get from Trey Palmer. I think he's gonna he's gonna have an electric year. I, be a I thousand be, yard guy. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he pushes uh, a thousand yards uh, uh, receiving. But I think as important, he's got one or two big electric special teams play in his back pocket. I think we're gonna see that. Okay, Stanley Morgan broke the record. He broke a thousand that year, right? Or was yeah. He, okay. No, no, he did. There's only one one thousand yard. I believe there's only one. Yeah. Um, no, had, uh, yeah, because um, Kenny Bell was close. No, last. Last year with um, uh, Toure, Samari Toure was close too. And think about that. I mean, he had the games that he didn't even throw to last year. And he, you know, he's now making waves with the, the Packers. Yeah, he's had a nice training camp so far. All right, when we come back, Andy and I are going to talk defense. Black shirts were handed out in Dublin. Uh, we'll get some thoughts on that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Yeah, they were hanging in their lockers uh, today when they got here. You know, and hopefully there'll be a few more. A couple guys that, uh, you know, maybe just got here. We're, we're kind of waiting to see how they operate in, in, under the bright lights and when the live bullets are flying. A couple other guys are still uh, battling for some spots, but hopefully we'll get a few more shortly. But the guys uh, that got them, they, they deserved it, and they've... Uh, They've earned those black shirts right now. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. We're live in Dublin taping here as uh, Nebraska getting ready for Saturday's game. It is an 11.30 kickoff Nebraska time, 5.30 kickoff here in the evening in Dublin, Ireland. And you just heard from Nebraska defensive coordinator Eric Shenander, Andy Kendi, as we bring in Andy Kendi from KTV back on with me here. They hand out the black shirts. Um, and I think they wanted to get it done before they came out to Ireland, but they already got packed away. Um, and they, you, you know how it is when you pack? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, yeah. packing for trips like this is a disaster. Right. Because you, you don't know what, A, you're going to bring. Right. Because you got to have clothes for work, clothes yeah. for going out, yeah. workout clothes. I mean, yeah. it's just a yeah. mixed mass disaster. I wish I could go back to Sunday and repack my bag. I'll put it to you that way. <laughs> I've got, like, way more things than I, I need, but... I don't have know. enough of other things, right? Yeah, so the, the way they black shirts work, they actually packed them away. Jay Terry and his, and his guys, the equipment guys, doing a fantastic job over here. You know, when they landed the other day on Tuesday morning, we saw bags and bags and bags and like almost garbage bags and i asked jay i was like what what, are, what were those and he said those were our shoulder pads because we had to they had to use them for practice and then bring them over with them so they they went on the plane and the smell on those oh probably. my goodness yeah you think a hockey locker room smells bad how about a, a long flight with a bunch of sweaty shoulder pads but um back to the to the black shirt so they did get handed out first time in program history obviously they were handed out not in nebraska on They're, foreign soil <laughs> on foreign soil and uh nine of them got them and i think that the guys that jumped out where you know a lot of people gravitate to the new guys who got them the marcus bufords and the uh, colton, colton feasts and the feast story i think is really special he's a guy that i remember uh, yeah i remember at utan high school kind of under the radar guy goes and walks on and just all he did was work and you you know some guys you can tell by talking to his team by to some of his teammates how like they are Everybody loves Colton Feast. I mean, Ty Robinson was more happy that Feast got a black shirt than he did. You know, it's one of those deals. And Luke Reimer was the same way when talking about Colton Feast. So good for him. He's now still a walk-on, by the way. 
it, it which is amazing. Now I, I nil. We, yes, yes. <laughs> Let's see how that, that 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 goes through the year. But yeah, I mean the the guys who got them are no real surprise in like Farmer and Nelson, Garrett Nelson, Quentin Newsom. Um, Henrich and, and, and Reimer and Caleb Tanner along with Ty There Robinson, were like three so. ones that were maybe like, okay, maybe they'll get one next week. O'Shawn Mathis, Tommy right. Hill, and maybe Isaac Gifford. And those were by design. Now, the Gifford thing is different because Gifford was here last year, but they made a point saying one of the prereqs for handing out black shirts this time, at this point, is they had to have played for Nebraska last year. So, you know, Eric Shenander, when he talked after practice on Wednesday, he was saying, we want to see these guys in real uh, live action before we start handing out the black shirts. So I would suspect, assuming everything goes the way people expect with O'Shawn Mathis and, and Tommy Hill especially, because yeah. those two guys I think are are, are pivotal newcomers well, on we this think team Isaac on, Gifford, on but Chris Kalarvik, sure. um, yeah. Javin Wright, Buddha, uh-huh. those two guys uh-huh. could rise up at that, that nickel spot. But yeah, O'Shawn and Tommy, if they don't have one next week, I'd be really surprised. I would be shocked. And I think, you know, you were talking, we talked about offensive players to look at. I am really intrigued, A, to see O'Shawn Mathis, to see if he can live up to the billing because he has brought a pretty lofty credentials from TCU. And then Tommy Hill, I mean, listening to Travis Fisher during camp, talk about Tommy Hill. It, it, I mean, this guy has all the makings of a legit NFL Players. So he's, I've had coaches to the side tell me he's the most athletic guy on the team. Um, he won't return punts. It's probably going to be Trey Palmer still, Anthony okay. Grant on kick returns. But you'll see him as a guy that might block kicks. Like okay. They might bring him on the edge as a blocker. Because he's so fast and quick. And athletic. Yeah, and athletic. You yeah. got to, to fly in there and jump and not hit the punter or – the kicker. I mean, yeah. it'd be pretty athletic. And I will say this, you know, looking at this roster this year and going to the few opportunities we have to watch practice in person, it's interesting because there's a lot of numbers you don't really, you know, normally you see a number and it clicks, but Tommy Hill's number zero. Well, so is Jacques Yam. We know? saw that 24 Brandon Moore today. Right. And the, <laughs> and this, the, it's about all we got to see, but I, I, do, I noticed they call him Bam. Okay. And, and Brandon Moore Bam. Okay. Well, he played a lot for Frost at UCF and he might play. Like, the, the way they're talking, at least the way Coach Frost talked on his radio show before they left, like, uh-huh. that he was going to be a factor at some point. Isn't that amazing? And he was—he joined the team what three weeks ago. Yeah, and I mean, and, it, and it's really kind As of a the, walk-on. Yeah, and and this is just one of these deals here too, Sean. That. How are these new pieces? And I know we've talked about it so often uh, as as camp has continued. But how do these new pieces fit in? I think that uh, Coach Frost has said that he's been super happy with how they have integrated uh, and and meshed together. Now, will that translate to, 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 to success on the football field? Well, that remains to be seen, but they're off to a good start, and they seem to be one team now moving forward, Then, rather than just talking about all the, the more than a dozen transfers. We're talking defense here. Uh, Sean Callahan, Andy Kendi in Dublin at the Samuel Hotel in the financial district of yeah, Dublin. I think they call it the financial district. Right yeah. on the edge of the city center. Yeah. Um, and, and this has been an interesting trip just in a lot of respect we're walking to Pratt we figured out that it's almost easier to walk places than to drive places yeah. in this town it's just the logistics of this trip have, have been something like we'll never see again I mean no it's a little question. bit different than going to West Lafayette no doubt and it's amazing Sean I am just blown away at how many people live in such a small area you know what I mean there is uh, apartments upon apartments upon apartments and then these townhomes you know I walked to practice yesterday 
and it was amazing to see you just you just go block after block after block there are thousands of these homes and it's just oh my god there's you know there's so many people who live in such a small area i'm interested to see what kind of local reception this game's receives because a lot of people know about this game they they're no not idea. exactly sure about what it's all about and hopefully that some of the locals come out and give it a whirl yeah and the pep rally friday is kind of i think we're gonna get our best feel of, of things happening out here in dublin when both fan bases, the head coach, the ADs, a few players. I'm going to bring the whole team right. out there, but uh, there's going to be about 50, I think it's 48 band members plus two band directors, so an extremely scaled-down version of the band. Sure. And I want to say they have 300 people in the band normally. Well, isn't it cool, though, Sean, and we've been out a few times, what kind of reception that we get? Like, oh, you're here for the game. Oh, you're from America. Where are you from? And you have to explain, we're from Omaha, Nebraska. You know, the United States, we're right in the middle. <laughs> Just right in the middle. And then you mentioned Chicago. They're like, oh, okay. And you're like, yeah, we're about seven, seven hours away. <laughs> yeah, Chicago's kind of a, a good Irish city. Yeah, that's right. Well, Omaha, we got a lot of Irish in Omaha, too. I Absolutely. Mean, we had Irish neighborhood. I grew up in an Irish neighborhood. It, you know, Sean, you, uh, the one thing that we have to mention that Aviva Stadium is decked out. They are ready for this game. I was a little skeptical about how they would handle this uh, football deal over here, American football, because they're not used to it. Man, the stadium is top-notch, great facility. Playing surface is spectacular. The grass is a natural turf field. I can't wait to see this thing come off on okay, Saturday. Okay, so it's grass and turf blended together? I think it's that's like a woven weave type thing, but it's perfect. Like, you want to go golfing on this thing. Yeah, it's it's a – so will that dirt kick up? I'm I'm sure there's some kind of dirt bottom to it, but I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how that works. But, no, it says natural grass on the game notes, but I do think there's some – Synthetic. Synthetic underneath. But I tell you, they are pretty adamant about keeping you off the grass. I know that. Did you get – Did you get <laughs> yelled at? slapped around a little bit trying to do stand-ups the other day. But those guys field. were out there lining the field, um, yep. and they waited until Thursday. And I don't know if it was you that said this, but because – the longer they waited, the easier it is to get it off. Right. They, they didn't want it lined like too many days. In right, advance. because they have a big soccer match coming up in a couple of weeks. Obviously, the, the the lining for a football game is so much different than a soccer game. And then you know, just the um, the stadium facility, uh, the way it's enclosed with the roof line around it. I don't think wind is going to get in there. I mean, there has been zero wind, and, and it's the way that the roof is enclosed. Absolutely, and I think the other thing for fans who are coming to the game is going to be nice, too, that if there's an occasional Dublin shower, which we have avoided so far knocking on we wood. We got a little bit the first night. But that's about it. It's been The weather's been pretty decent here so far, knock on wood. And uh, But the way that the stadium is structured, the fans are covered. So it's a, it's a unique stadium. I was blown away going in. I cannot wait to see how it hosts a football game. Outdoor press box, I think. That's that's a unique dynamic. Now, will too. you be up high or down low? I will be up high. Okay. I'll be. Uh, it would be like Fresno. The last time we were outdoors for a press box in the game was Fresno State when it was about 108 degrees at 10 a.m. And you could smell the spoiled sandwiches. Oh, yes, and everybody kept standing up in front. <laughs> Get down in front. Down. Oh, you know what? The other thing that I want to make mention, another unique deal, is that the coaches will be in the the corner. Yeah. The coach's box isn't at midfield. So it's in the corner. would be like the, the, on the west side of a press box. I, I'm going the way Nebraska's is built. I have no All idea. the way to the end the northwest corner yeah. of the press box yeah and he's all the way to the end which is a unique uh vantage point and not one that they normally get during on game day it's like the uh, student radio box at memorial stadium yes it really is i mean that's where we called when i was on kru yeah. and did games we had like the corner suite absolutely and boy when they were down on that one goal line you had a hell of an angle right but when they're on the far side right forget about it yeah modern stadiums usually put the press box in the corners now because it, that the real estate at midfield is too important well andy this has been a lot of fun i appreciate you sitting in 
uh, Husker Online Radio will be full strength starting next week. Um, but appreciate you stepping in with me here in Anytime, Dublin. Anytime, brother. It's been great, and I can't wait for another uh, good season. And hopefully uh, we'll, we'll, this is just the start of a fantastic, memorable year. All right, much more to come. I'll start breaking down a little bit more sound and things we've learned here in Dublin. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Taking care of the football and, and being a leader, but the leadership comes from your play and not from your mouth. So it's more like, hey, there's going to be a bump in the road. There's going to be something happens. It always does in the first game. You don't, you know, it's we as coaches, you like to have everything in plan and in play, but very rarely does it happen in the first game. So I've uh, been on both ends of it. So get out of the first quarter without giving the game away, really. And then, then settle in. And it's kind of the way we've been in our scrimmages throughout the spring and, and fall. So I certainly would like to change it. We'd like to start with a touchdown on the first drive. but So we'll see how, the, how that plays out. So, And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan in Dublin, Ireland, as you just heard from Mark Whipple, talking about Casey Thompson and just being a leader and the importance of calmness and poise. Um, a lot gets talked about that, and I think Whipple's approach in general is just, just stay calm, and I think that's been his demeanor. And I'm so intrigued how this is all going to look in the opener with him calling the plays uh, with Scott Frost in a different role with Casey Thompson, Casey Thompson after his thumb surgery. Um, there are just so many things to watch in this game with the dynamics of this offense and how it's going to look. Are they going to be under center? Are they going to be in shotgun? We don't really have a feel. We kind of think both. I mean, Scott Frost was all shotgun. Whipple's both at pit. So what will this system truly look like? I expect Whipple to come out with a very, very sound opening script and plan. He's a pro guy by nature. He's a former head coach. Whatever they come out with, they're going to get Northwestern off balance. I mean, that has to be your goal right away. Like, look, we're going to come out with a script that Northwestern has never seen before. They have no idea what we're going to do. They have no idea about some of these players, and we're just going to go down the field and do what we do and, and, and try to take care of business with this opening sp- script. I, I think you're going to find Nebraska is going to try to get guys like Trey Palmer, maybe even Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda in some matchup situations. Those are some of the fastest players on this Husker team coming into the game based on their previous experience at LSU and New Mexico State. So look for Nebraska, I think, to try to create matchups, do something early on in this game. If Northwestern gets down, they don't they're not built to come back. I think Northwestern's best recipe to leave Dublin with a win as a two touchdown underdog is to slow the game down and to grind it out, chunk it out. Nebraska cannot play a game like that. I think Nebraska wants to uh, be explosive, be fast and score points. And Northwestern is not built in my opinion to score a lot of points. They're going to have to keep the score low to win this game and Nebraska knows that. I think Nebraska if they can get up um, by 10 or more points, 
they're going to be in a really, really good position. If this game stays within three or seven points or it's low scoring, that's exactly what Northwestern wants to do. They want to chew clock, grind it out with these running backs. They don't have the quarterback play, in my opinion, um, to really win this game with uh, Halinski or Brendan Sullivan, their two quarterbacks that are battling for the job. And by the way, Pat Fitzgerald will not name his starting quarterback until kickoff. So we don't know if it's going to be Halinski or Sullivan Coach Frost even asked me on Friday on the side, he goes, who are they going to start? I uh, wonder if I had heard anything, and I, and I truly don't know. Um, I, I think Louis uh, Bakir, who we heard last week, feels like they could stick with Halinski um, and then then go to Sullivan. Um, but Halinski did not play well last year. I mean, he was a big reason why they struggled. Um, that team just did not really put it together. Hunter Johnson, the former Clemson transfer, went back to Clemson um, after transferring to Northwestern. Uh, just did not work out as a former five-star player. Um, so they've had a lot of problems with quarterback. Um, you know, and it will be interesting to see what it looks like this year if they're able to get better play out of Halinski or Sullivan. I think Nebraska has to get after whoever that quarterback is. I think getting pressure on that quarterback in the pocket with uh, Garrett Nelson, O'Shawn Mathis, and Caleb Tanner will also be another big key in this football game. All right, got a, uh, like I said, full show here on Tap Still. Uh, got a lot of questions in the mailbag. Uh, took your questions as we're out here in Dublin, Ireland. I'll go through my mailbag next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I think the way we travel was smart and it's probably not the only way to do it but we got here at 10 a.m and brought them straight to the stadium and got their mind back on football and exercised them and we kept them up doing things all day that was a really long two days kind of into one and when they woke up the next day we were right back at meetings and, and football so it kind of felt like a smooth transition straight back to football over here and the guys are locked in Final segment here of the Husker online show Sean Callahan here you just heard from coach Frost as he gets his team ready for this pivotal season opener and I'm going to close the show here now with a mailbag a lot of questions here for this week in Dublin Ireland um, and I'll get through a lot of them I'll see, see me I can squeeze in here but uh, first question let's go food what's been your favorite food dish so far in Ireland uh, easily the seafood tower at Seoul uh, which is honestly maybe the best seafood I've ever had any, anywhere um, it, it had t- Irish salmon uh, it had uh, big shrimp, lobster, crab, everything on there, all locally caught fish. Uh, so seafood for me up there. I didn't get great fish and chips my first time out, so hoping to get them again um, sometime here on the, the trip. But we'll head back right away Sunday. Um, it's a lot of work out here. That's the other thing when you're out here. You don't get as much downtime as you would think. Is you spend a lot of time working during the day, then you might get a few hours free um, in the evening. Uh, Caleb wants to know, are they planning on, on painting the field, um, getting close up, you know, why isn't there paint on there? Well, g- great question. Uh, they waited until the very final moments 
uh, to get the field painted here for the game on Saturday because they have soccer coming up. I guess the longer the paint is on there, the harder it is to get off. So they wanted um, to wait until the very last minute. We saw them on Thursday afternoon beginning to line the field. Uh, John wants to know, has Nebraska uh, in their last two victories ever come against the same team? That's a great question because uh, Nebraska last year beat Northwestern and uh, they'll play Northwestern here again. Um, I'm trying to remember um, you know, another bizarre scheduling quirk. That one time Nebraska played um, Washington literally three times over like a 12-month period. Regular season, bowl game, then regular season. Um, and, and that was bizarre. But obviously, uh, that's a really bizarre, interesting stat you bring up. Trent wants to know, what's your take on Casey's ability to throw the deep ball? Watching his film from last season, it seems like he may um, have been his main weakness of throwing the ball. Was it likely his hand injury or simply not strength of, uh, on his hand? Well, um, his thumb injury was big last year. Once he hurt his thumb, he wasn't the same quarterback. Uh, before the injury, he was slinging it. Go watch the Oklahoma game. Um, you can see how well he threw the ball in that game. And he had surgery, got that repaired. I think he's going to be a very good distributor and do exactly uh, what Mark Whipple wants to do in this offense. Sorry, Ian wants to know here as I take your questions in the mailbag. It's been a fun full day in Dublin for you. How many Guinness bites have you pounded? Well, uh, I'll be honest, like I, I shoot for about two Guinnesses. I you know, mix it up a little bit uh, when you're out and about. No, you don't want to do all Guinnesses. It's really not as heavy of a beer as people think. In fact, it's just a 4% alcohol beer, um, and it has the same amount of calories as a Bud Light. I mean, it's a, it's a lighter beer in general, So, uh, but they've been wonderful. Everything out here has been first class. How'd that first, uh, and Rob S. Fitness follows up on that, how'd the first pint taste, and what is your biggest concern about the, this Northwestern team? How'd the first pint taste? It was outstanding, Rob, uh, and thank you again, Rob. You have been uh, one of our best guys here in the mailbag over the course of the summer. What is your biggest concern about this Northwestern team, Rob? I think just their ability to run the ball. I think how how is Nebraska going to be able to physically match up against two really good backs and maybe the best offensive lineman in the conference on the left side there, Brendan Holinsky. So a lot there. Uh, another question here. If Northwestern beats the Huskers, is it still Mike Riley's fault? Come on. Not even worth answering that question. Look, we, we know where this thing's at. Year five, Scott Frost. He's got to get it done. No questions asked. Uh, moving on here to the next question. How did Anthony Grant uh, get Heinrich Harburg's number 10? Is Heinrich still with the team? Yes, Heinrich Harburg is still with the Husker team. Uh, don't know how that all went down. Um, more than likely, you're not going to see those two guys on the field at the same time. If you did, there'd have to be a number change. Um, so it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. It's a situation where you have duplicate numbers. There's 150 some guys on this roster. You're going to have some duplications on the numbers. Um, all right. Next question. Will Nebraska be wearing their traditional away uniforms or the red ones? How many first-time players will start or contribute in the season opener? And that question is from at SportsFan. Um, I believe they're wearing white. They're the road team. Northwestern is the home team, and they're going to be in their traditional purple jerseys. As for um, who will make their you know new- newcomers, Anthony Grant, Trey Palmer, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, Marcus Washington. Those are guys on the offense, obviously Casey Thompson. And then on defense, Tommy Hill, O'Shawn Mathis, 
those are two new faces that are going to play a lot of football for Nebraska. Um, Stephon Wynn, maybe Devin Drew to an extent. Um, probably four guys on the defense and four or five on the offense. I mean, and, and then the punters and the kickers. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of newcomers out here on the field. No questions. Uh, Faux Frost, what do you expect the offense to look like on Saturday? Over, under 30 points. I'll say over 30. The over, under for the game is 50. Um, that's going to be a hard number to crack, though. I mean, Nebraska's going to have to get going because Northwestern's not going to put up points this year. They're a lower-scoring team. Um I, I think Nebraska is going to come out very scripted, very planned, very prepared early in this game. That's my one prediction. And then they're going to get a feel for Northwestern and adjust from there. And I'm very confident with Mark Whipple now running the show. Uh, they should be good with adjustments. Just taking that pressure off the head coach now in the game and having a true offensive coordinator. Um, Ride the Wave wants to know, is NU flying home on Saturday night on a red eye or leaving Sunday? Nope. Uh, they will fly home. So their hope, the game here starts at 5.30 local time. It's going to end by 8, 9 o'clock. Their hope is to be on that airplane by midnight and then get back to Nebraska uh, by 2 in the morning. Uh, but they're going to go to Omaha because uh, the Lincoln Airport um, did not have the ability to handle a large international flight and the customs and the baggage and all the things they needed. Um, so they flew out of Omaha. So then when they land to Omaha, they'll have to drive uh, a bus back in uh, athletic director Trev Alberts and I were talking about that at practice on Friday and he or on Thursday and he said that he drove his own car to Omaha because at that point just wants to kind of get going and get home um, but that will be probably the the toughest part to me is when you land and then you got one more leg of travel loading up buses at the Omaha Epley Airport and then you got to go to work for North Dakota I mean that's going to be a big storyline that we'll be talking about uh, for quite a while Cornusker Cole has a question. Is this a true marrying of Frost and Whipple systems? Do you think it'll be obvious um, pre-play on what we are doing? Whipple's formations equal pass. Frost formations will run. Honestly, we don't know. Is this Mark Whipple's offense with Scott Frost's influence, or is it going to be Scott Frost's offense with a Mark Whipple influence or a little bit of both? I mean, I think we'll know more after the game by just the different looks. I don't think we'll see a lot of zone read option stuff with Casey Thompson. I, I'm very confident on that end of it. I think the other quarterbacks could do that. To me, that's not what Casey Thompson really does or they want him to do. Uh, Trace wants to know, have heard a lot about the number of Nebraska and Northwestern fans attending. How many Irish locals are expected to attend the game? Well, I mean, they're hoping, I, I would imagine, almost half the crowd is going to be locals. I think you're going to see... 12,000 Nebraska fans, 3,000 Northwestern fans, um, and then another 20,000 or so locals in the stadium itself, a lot of sponsors. I mean, you fly into the Dublin airport, the whole airport is decked out with signage for the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. This is the largest tourism event post-COVID-19 to hit the country of Ireland in terms of people coming in for one thing. So there's no doubt it's going to be um, a lot of Nebraska fans. They, they wanted it to be more, um, but... You know, a lot of things have factored in over the last two years. Uh, I still think 12,000 Nebraska fans is a very, very good number. And we saw a lot of them on our flights coming in. Who leads Nebraska in tackles against Northwestern? I'll take the easy answer there. Uh, linebacker Luke Reimer, Nick Hendricks will probably be right there. I can see both those guys. It's a running team. Uh, both those guys could have 10, 10 or more tackles um, in this game for Nebraska. What's the most improved position? Zach wants to know. 
Ooh, good question. Edge. Edge will be up there on defense, but I, I do think running back will be greatly improved for Nebraska. Got time for a few more questions here uh, on the mailbag here. Um, do our running backs, three, four, and five, get equal carries this week? Um, that's a hard one to say. I mean, I, I think Anthony Grant's going to start. I think Gabe Irvin's going to play a lot too. And then I think Ramir Johnson's going to have kind of a slash role. Those, to me, will be the three that you will see in this game for the Huskers. Um, Zach wants to know, nobody new, um, nobody new to the defense this year got a black shirt. How many of those guys will get one next week after a huge game? And we just talked about it with Andy. I think Tommy Hill and O'Shawn Mathis will probably get one. Isaac Gifford, if he plays well, I would assume uh, would be one as well. Um, let's see. Is the tunnel walk, this is from the greatest fan, uh, fans in college football, is the tunnel walk still going to happen in Dublin? The Irish folk might freak out when Sirius starts bl- blaring. No, I don't think so. This is not Nebraska's home game. It's Northwestern's, but don't expect the tunnel walk. There are around 48 Nebraska band members here, two band directors. Um, so you will have a presence of the band, and that will be really cool. It won't be the full band, um, but we'll see the presence of the band. And the final question, prediction, point spread. What do you think? Well, Nor- Northwestern is minus 13. The over-under is 50. Um, I think Nebraska is going to win. I don't think they cover the 13 points. I'll take Nebraska 31, Northwestern 20. I'll take Nebraska by 11 points to win here in Dublin, Ireland. All right, well, that wraps it up here for the show. Looking forward to next week. Uh, Big announcements about myself, the future of Husker Online, and, and what's going on, and we'll break all that down, including some new people will be joining me here on the show, uh, new co-hosts that will be with me every single week. Uh, so looking forward to things. Enjoy the game here on Saturday. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 